1: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
2: This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network.
3: Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul Dykes, and today I am delighted to be joined on this Sunday weekend special by Tony Haggerty. Tony, how are you, sir? I'm very well. Yourself, Paul? Good, man? I'm good. I'm good. You know, these international breaks, I get to that point, Tony, where I don't want to go a full weekend with at least a bulletin of some description. And um, these ones, I think, are are good in that... People aren't expecting them. They might stumble across it on the usual channels, be that YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, etc. And if you do get involved, get involved in the comments, you can uh, you can actually control the narrative. Uh, but we are going to have a look at Ange, Ange Postacoglu. Uh, that is uh, the name that's on every Celtic fan's lips at the moment, Tony, because mm-hmm. he won the manager of the month and it was well-deserving. Um, Of uh, having won that as well So we'll have a look at uh, how he's doing Basically but we'll tie it in With that original interview That introduction to Ange Postacoglu that we got um, Five months ago now It was back in June It was uh, just after he'd been appointed And we were invited into the media conference Uh, We've clipped up that video Let's have a look at that and see um, What he had promised or what he was expecting And where we are five months down the line Let's start off, Tony, and I'll let you run with this and I'll come back to you in a second or two. Tell me about the best performance so far under Ange poster and the reasons why it was the best performance. And I'll come back to you in just a second.
4: My best two performances, I think, were, were two split games. I thought the first half an hour against Betis were terrific and the first 40 minutes against Hibs were terrific. That, to me, has been the kind of best performances from Celtic. They had moments in both the 6-0 wins and the 3-2 game against Hearts where they played well also. But I think most people remember Betis the first half an hour where they could have gone and should have gone three up and the Hibs game where they blew Hibs away in that 40 minutes. Uh, so that, for me, has been the, the best performances so far from Celtic this season for myself.
3: So your best performance then, Tony? Yeah, that, that certainly wasn't my best performance today uh, season. <laughs> However... <laughs> Um, in terms of that, though, that leads us on to the uh, the best signing made. Now, I say the best and signing because the history books always tells you whoever comes into the club, whilst the manager's in charge, it's on them. So in terms of the best signing, who would you say has been the best and signing and why? Because that's a toughie.
4: Has to be Kyogo, doesn't it? Because I think Kyogo was identified by Ange because he took him from Japanese football. And that was a hundred percent Ange signing and it happened very quickly. Didn't know what kind of impact he had he was going to have. But my goodness he's hit the ground running and you know he just he's just put a he's put real joy and smile on the Celtic supporters' faces. Probably just edging out Jota as well at the minute because Jota's another one who's brought a lot to Celtic and You know, I think you can maybe, most Celtic supporters will be split down the middle between those two, who their favourite is. But for me at the minute, uh, Kyogo edges it. And I've already stated on the Celtic way that he's a player of the year elect. So, Jota might have have something to say about that as well. But if both can stay fit, I think it'll be between those two, to be honest. Because I think they've been a breath of fresh air in Scottish football and they're two terrific talents.
3: Uh, They definitely are. Now, people are asking for a song, probably from the wee guy. The wee guy is my namesake, named after Paul McStay, not his dad. But if you were to ask him for a song, I I can guarantee you it would be a Celtic one. Uh, So (laughs) if he does make another appearance at some point this afternoon... That's exactly what I'm going to ask him to do. So here we go. You know, I think there's an argument um, because you've got the flamboyance and the obvious attack and prowess of the two that you've mentioned. I think if you wanted to have a counter argument, which would maybe be a difficult one um, to argue the, the case for, it would probably be Joe Hart. And that, that is because of the influence, Tony, that he's had yeah. and and how he's managed to to make an impact to various players, I'm guessing, within that team as well.
4: I think if you're having a a kind of gold, silver, bronze, then you would sort of say those three in that order, wouldn't you? Cayogo Jota and Joe Hart for what they've brought to the club. No, some it depends on where you fall. If you prefer your players as strikers or you prefer, you know, maybe some goalkeepers out there who would say Joe Hart, you know, that kind of thing. It just depends what you're looking for in a Celtic player. But I think all of them have got it and grasped it, grasped the nettle very early. And uh, in terms of Joe Hart's experience, we've spoken at length about Joe Hart on the pods. Just, you know, that's why we need a good, we need a good backup for Joe Hart, actually, in the transfer window. I agree with that. Yep. And, uh, you know, and we need somebody of repute who'll come in there and do a better, if not as good a job as Joe Hart. But you feel fail, fail to kind of come up with somebody that might do a better job, but you want somebody of Joe Hart's ilk. But it's everything that Hart has brought to the club on and off the pitch. It's been top notch. A guy who's not come up here just to get a payday. It's a man who's come up here and admitted himself he's fallen in love with football again. Celtic supporters have fallen in love with him just for what he's brought. Every goalkeeper has a mistake in them, but I'd rather he made mistakes when you're four one up at Dundee and not away to buy a level cousin, you know. So I, I can put up with that, you know. But I think I've said before. I think Hart came along at a great time for Celtic. Celtic. Came along at a great time for Hart, a real marriage there, and uh, both
3: both people are, are both parties of, of reaped the benefits of it big time. I yeah. think so, and, and I think we'll continue to see it. What you what you mentioned though, which is one of my concerns moving into January, is should and let's hope and touching wood here should there there be an injury to someone like Joe Hart? I'm not confident in any of the goalkeepers. I'm, I'm not being harsh. Yeah. Uh, on the younger goalies who have sat on the bench um, because you want to see that. You want to see them getting bled into the team. I'm not sure what's happened with, with Conor Hazard since he signed his new deal after the Scottish Cup final. Uh, Bain and and Barkas, I wouldn't be confident. You imagine us progressing, let's say, best case scenario, Tony, we're progressing the Europa League because it's possible, you know, and we come up against a right good side in, in the, next, the next phase of that. And you go into that game, I would not be confident with Scott Bain, who I think is currently the 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 backup. I think he's yeah. classed as a backup. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be confident at all with him going into any any game really, but certainly not a big game.
4: Alan brought up, you know, Alan Morrison brought up the stats and stuff, and he would say the stats would belie, you know, what you see. But Celtic supporters are seeing with their own eyes. They don't trust Bain. Certainly don't trust Barkas. So if you can offload any of them or both, in the January transfer window, and use whatever you recoup for them. Cut your losses, but you'll get something for them and put it towards a goalkeeper. And my personal choice, and I said it on Friday, would be Xander Clark from St. Johnston. Good show. I know know he's been linked with a move to Rangers, but go and get him, because Xander Clark has proven he's worth. And say to him, look, I'm looking for somebody. You might not be happy being understudied to Joe Hart, but if you say to him, look, I'll play you during the Scottish Cup. That kind of thing. And let him know that he will play, you know, this, this season. Mm. So he knows he's going to get game time. But some goalkeepers just want to play and they won't want to play second fiddle. But I would certainly go and ask the question. I know he's been linked with a move to Rangers as well. But then you could maybe steal a match on them and say, do you know what? He is a good goalkeeper. He's, the, he's one of the best in the Scottish League. Yeah, you know, the SPFL. So... I would go and ask the question, if he wants to come, great, I would pursue it. Because we need a quality goalkeeper, Paul, as understudy understood it Joe Hart. Not just somebody that can come in that you don't trust. You know, and I, I don't trust the younger goalkeepers either. Connor Hazard, as much as he saved the penalty in the Scottish Cup final, I thought he was at fault for some of the goals we conceded. You know, and it's maybe not, not his time, he's not ready. So that's fair enough. But we, we need a quality goalkeeper eh, to challenge Joe Hart as well, more than anything else. Because I don't want Joe Hart hitting some kind of comfort zone where he thinks he can do no wrong. I don't think he would, but you know it, it can happen. So you need to constantly keep players on their toes, and you need you need good players and deputies in every position. Ideally, that's what you're after. And I think that's what Andy's trying to get as well. Some real depth in that squad, which he never had the luxury of when he first took over five months ago. <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the introduction to heart, and I've said this before, I think it's the only area of the park that we've actually strengthened rather than bought a like-for-like replacement. And I don't mean like-for-like in terms of the effectiveness of the player, but we lost a strike in Ed, Edward. we brought in Yakamakis. Um, uh, let's say. You lost uh, El Ionissi on the left-hand side, you bring in Jota. You lose Christie, you bring in a bad, etc. The one player I think that we have improved the uh, area of the park on is Joe Hart, because we brought him mm-hmm. in despite the fact that you've got a £5 million misfit, um, plus his uh, apparent backup in being there as well. Uh, I'm interested to look at the uh, the most improved player as well, because there are some mm-hmm. obvious choices, but you know I think there's a few. There, there are a few, and we spoke about this in the pre-season, Tony, regarding... Um, the fact that a manager comes in and often you get a second wind out of certain players. I think we saw it with, uh, I think we saw it with Brendan Rogers, certainly. Um, and for me, the three who would maybe fall into that bracket would be Tony Ralston, who maybe is an obvious one. Tommy Rogic, who people, you know, joined the dots and says, well, cog who's dealt with them on a, an international level, and therefore he knows the player, and he might be one that will improve. But the other one perhaps would be near beat-on. Perhaps, I say, would be near beat-on. So of the of the players that he has reinvigorated, Tony, which would you say has been the most improved player that, at Celtic Park?
4: I think it goes without saying that it's got to be Tony Ralston, hasn't it? Really, you know? But Tom Rodgick's running them close because, and we've touched upon this before, those three players that you mentioned, and I, I said that on Friday, it's down to the manager, it's down to the man management of Ange Postacoglu, right, it really is, you know, this is a boy, Tony Ralston, who's now been called up to the Scotland squad, it's a boy that was heading out the park the exit door, isn't it, a boy who was told, this one, that one, this one, that one's coming in to take your jersey, and then when we did sign a player in Juranovic, he was taking his jersey, and he, and I can only assume, can't comment whether it's facts or not, but one man has shown faith in that guy, and it's his manager. He's put an arm around him and clearly said, do you want your future to be here or somewhere else? Do it for yourself, do it for your family, because Tony Ralston, when he signed a new contract, said, I do everything for my family. So Andy's just clearly sat him down and said, where do you want to be? Do you want to be here with me, or do you want to be somewhere else, thinking I could have made it at Celtic? It's man management, Paul and he said, I'll give you your chance, I'll stand by you, and he has stood by him, because he's kept faith in him, he hasn't bombed him out the team and destroyed his confidence, and Ralston has gradually got better, and better, and better, to the point where he com- completes a hat-trick of assists last week against Dundee, doesn't get called up for Scotland, and then gets called up for Scotland, you know what I mean? That's the most improved player at the club, fact undeniable, but it's down to the manager, and the manager has given a second win to Tom Rodjick by clearly sitting him down and saying, Tom, you're as gifted as MD here, if not the best footballer, and I use that in inverted commas, most talented footballer at the club. You can do things with a ball that lots of footballers can only dream of. What's happened? You know Why Why is it no happening? Why can you not last 60 minutes? Why can you not? You know, that 40 minutes that he played against him is one of the best midfield displays I've seen in a long time. I'm a midfielder. And I go back to it and I say, why wasn't Gojic sent off? Because Gojic halved him in two every mm-hmm. time he went by him. For the top-up procedure, I mean, that's how effective he was. And that's the Tom Rogic that was always there, but it only came out in flashes and fits and starts. And the Tom Rogic that I said, i never seen Tom Rogic grab a game by the scuffle in the neck where you can compile a DVD of his greatest goals. Now, that was a performance where you would have said, that's a Tom Rogic game where he grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. And why is he doing that? because he's got a manager that believes in him, has told him, Tom, go out there and express yourself. The rest will follow. You know, listen to me. Listen to what I'm telling you. I've I've worked with you. I know what you can do. Any other manager coming in might usher Tom Rodger out the door. You know, people said, I'll drive them. I'll gladly drive the three players away from the club. And then he's obviously turned to Beaton and said the same thing. You're a big imposing figure. Why aren't you contributing more. You know, I can only put it down. I mean, it must be man management, Paul, and it's brilliant man management. He gets somebody that believes in you. Near Beaton's a bit of a working boy and I'm admitted in Friday, he's no my kind of player. You see the near Beaton of the last two performances, Ferenc Farros away and the one just there, Dundee, i will take that all day long from near Beaton. You know, because he's a, he can pass a football. I said it on Friday. He's a, brilliant
3: passer of a football but you just don't see it that often do you, you I think the big enough. thing with Beaton I mean it's unfortunate that McCarthy hasn't hit you know he's not hit the ground runner of course he hasn't he's barely played because I think that what you've seen in Beaton is that he's a very able deputy Tony you know if we if we were to strengthen in that area of the park and a lot of Celtic fans that are coming in are saying that that is one of the areas that we should strengthen in mm. Beaton I'd be quite happy with him as a very very solid backup. Now, the thing with Ralston, which I find quite interesting, is even until the last few weeks, people were saying he's going to be a very, very good backup. And I'm looking at that thinking, well, it's great to have two solid right backs because, you know, when we started this season off, we had Ralston, who had been untested for the best part of two years. But now we've got two that you could rely on at this stage because we've not seen enough of Ziranovic. Ralston is still the first pick. And Paul, see, if you
4: play international football, you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. Ralston's game will come on again leaps and bounds and the manager will be telling him get yourself there and play at a good level as well against a high calibre player, test yourself you know what I mean and all oh, credit to Ralston but I think Posta must take a bit of credit as well in the transformation of Ralston you know uh, you're running out of ways to describe Ralston being the MVP and you know, transformed himself and all that. You know, and I'm the very one that admitted in this show. I, I mean, I was gladly driven Ralston away to another club at the start of the season, you know, but I came on here and I said, yeah. called it wrong. But I just didn't see it. You know, I, I, I didn't see what people were seeing in him, but the manager saw something in him. So, you know, which is why Ange Postacog was the manager of Celtic. So, you know, and... and but you can't get it right all the time. I never ever say I'm right. I just, it's my opinion and my, my judgment. But I think a lot of us were guilty of prejudging Ralston, you know. So, and I even wrote a column which said, and I hope he takes great pleasure in ramming the words down my throat. And that was the, the phrase that I used. So I, uh, I have said, fine, you know, you, you get things wrong. And I got that wrong with Ralston. And nobody's more delighted to come on here and say, I got it wrong with Ralston. Because if he's playing well, he's doing a job for Celtic. So, and the team are winning. So, I've no complaints about it. I just want no. him to keep that standard up and keep that consistency going. And you know, you can argue the merits of whether he deserves to be in the Scotland squad or not. He's in the Scotland squad, and good on him and well done. And uh, if I saw him, if he came in this room right now, I'd be the first to shake his hand. He probably he probably slapped me in the ditch. but
3: that's not what he was he looks quite handy. Uh, upper body strength and all that. Absolutely. Um, I find it, I really do find it interesting because when he breaks into the the Celtic side, um, he is being managed by Ronnie Dyler, who who was so, you know, for me, was so influential in the, the careers of many Celtic youngsters around about that time. The obvious ones being the likes of Tierney, of course, McGregor, um, even Forrest, I think. And you look at some of the players that... Um, you know, he's outlasted. Tony Ralston. Um, The first one that comes to mind is Maurice Bauer, who comes into Celtic on loan for Stoke City. He's an Austrian internationalist, and uh, he's come into Celtic around about the time uh, that Ralston was on the periphery, maybe even worse, if -hmm. you think about where he was in terms of the pecking order at Celtic. You've also got people like uh, Tolyan. Jeremy Toljan, who comes in, um, and he was a a player of high esteem and high calibre. He came and went with a whimper as well, if you think about it, because I remember when he came in to the Celtic side, he was on loan from Borussia Dortmund, who had spent something bizarre like eight or nine million euros on him. Um, You know, German under 23 and all the underage caps, etc. He came and went again. With a whimper, and, and Tony Ralston remained. Uh, you move on to um, El Hamid, who came in. He was a player I actually liked when he played, but he didn't play enough, or he never got enough consecutive games under his belt before getting injured. Israeli internationalist, and he's gone. Frimpong, Jeremy Frimpong, who I watched last week playing for uh, Labour Cousin, uh, he's done very, very well. He came, we made a lot of money on him. And of course, John Joe Kenny coming in with a high calibre, having played in the English top division and over in the Netherlands as well. Ralston has outlasted the five of them, Tony. And I think that getting that call up for Scotland, didn't. I thought it probably should have came earlier. Getting that call up this week, I think, is just another, as you say, it's another stage in his development. Keep playing games, play more European games, play international football and continue to improve.
4: What's that gonna do for Ralston's confidence, his levels? Come back, he's gonna come back to and post an international player. You know, and Angel say, You've earned that, puff the chest out. You know? Go and show them why you're an international player. You know, and Angel say, Nothing to do, and he'll say, Thanks, boss, all oh, you yeah, everything. you will be like, Nothing to do with me, you did it yourself. And there is a bit of that. He has done it himself, you know, and he's he's blanked out the noise. The, the, the white noise people write about them and whatever people's thoughts about them two people matter to you, Ralston and the manager
1: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet, Cox is the real home internet you're looking for
0: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a
1: really easy thing to destroy and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
0: As the number one
1: audio company,
0: iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers
4: and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, the manager looked him in the eye and said, can you do me a job? He said, yeah, right. Now, I'm going to... I'll keep faith in you, Tony. Don't let me down. You know? And so he's been out there every game since the Hearts game at the start of the season and he has performed and he's performed to a high level. You know, he, he's been, what Jim Or would say, a seven or an eight every game. There might have been one game when he's a five. You know, and even, even those who are bitter and I wouldn't say they're the haters is maybe too strong. But they will just no, his cup of tea. He's not a, their cup of tea. You have to turn around and say, "You know what? Got it wrong." You know, it might pain them to say that, but they have. This boy's riding the crest of a wave in a minute, and long may it continue. You don't become an international player within five months of nearly leaving the door, leaving the exit door, without one a good manager and two a brilliant attitude, solid know?
3: mentality, Tory, totally. solid a, mentality,
4: and yeah. And a mentality that, you know, he'll do it for me as a Celtic player. He's won me over. You know what I mean? So that and he did a lot to win me over. because I was quite vociferous and I was quite critical. But I'm not churlish or childish enough to say, nah, can't stand him. He deserves everything he gets, Paul. And so, Absolutely. Does the man- so does the manager. Because I get back to it. It's all down to managing, managing footballers. But you're not just a manager of footballers you're a counsellor, you're a social worker, you're everything, right? This job's all encompassing. And somebody like Ralston coming to him and saying, am I leaving? chinning the floor. You know, how do you big a guy like that up? How do you big him up to within five months you turn him into
3: an international footballer? It's incredible. It's It's quite a turnaround. I mean, people... Oh, absolutely. And and the other player, I think Brian, um, agrees with you because he's speaking about it being managed and obviously the player thriving. But I think, um, you know, the other one was, was Callum McGregor written off as a young Celt, you know, loaned out to Notts County. Celtic uh, almost sold him to Carlisle. Yeah, it would have probably been a nominal fee, Tony, and his mm-hmm. Celtic career would have been over before it started. Ronnie Diler comes in. And I remember him playing in the early rounds of Europe, throwing the kid in. Mm-hmm. And you're aware of him because you keep an eye on the, the young teams coming through you've never really seen him playing unless you're um, one of these uh, guys that are able to go to the reserve games back then or the youth games. And I know a lot of people do and you keep an eye on them. But, you know, had his career ended before Ronnie Dyla came in, we would never have known what the talent that, that Callum McGregor had. And I think the turnaround was incredible under Ronnie Dyla. Uh, and I think Tony Ralston's turnaround has been incredible as well. A wee interesting start, but I'm going to caveat, caveat this by saying I'm not comparing the two in terms of where they're going to be uh, in the world of Celtic in the history books. But at the moment, Poster Coglu, after 25 games, has a, a win rate of 60%. I was talking about that before the wee guy came in to steal my thunder. Um, hmm. John Barnes, when he, he was eventually sacked, managed 29 games. The reason I'm using this is it's the, the only permanent Celtic manager with the same kind of games uh, managed uh, at the club, John Barnes managed 29. His percentage, his win percentage, was 65.52, having won 19 games. So, to get up to that stage, Ange Postecoglou needs to win his next four games. Um, and at that stage, you'll have played 29, and he will have won 19. But the the big issue there was that the games lost were more at the beginning of Angie's reign, whereas John Barnes' Celtic had fallen off the edge of a cliff by the time he um, was relieved of his duties, so I do have to underline that, but he needs to win the next four games to get up to that percentage
4: Yeah, and, don't, and just now, you trust Celtic to win the next four games, don't you? Early I would. Early in the season, you, you couldn't trust them, and we know we all know the reasons why, lack of personnel and trying to gel a team, trying to bring players in. And I get all that. You just kind of expected them to win games. So when they were losing, it was a bit of a shock to the system. And we did. I wouldn't say we were overly critical, because you're dealing with it on a game-by-game basis. But you were trying to work out why they were going to Tincastle Castle and losing, why they were going to Ibrox and losing, why they were dropping points to Dundee United, This kind of thing. Getting to the Petrogy game at the start of October, and you had a 50% win rate. These were things we were, you know, we were making more comments on, you know, because you're, you're not happy if you're not winning. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. So we were having more say on that. The last month's been terrific. But the last month, you know, and, and to be fair to you, Angie, kind of road mapped it to us as well. Work in progress, you know, and then after winning the award, I'm building a beautiful house. Marvellous analogy of that. And I'm not looking over the neighbour's fence or, or once I've built my beautiful house, I'll look over my neighbour's fence and see, see how it stacks up with the rest of the neighbourhood. You know, so this is a man solely focused on the job. You know, all the Australian commentators and those that uh, knew him from Japanese football were telling us these things, you know, but when you're a Celtic supporters, you know, the only kind of brand of football you understand is winning. So when you're not losing, I mean, sorry, when you're not winning and you're losing, it ups you. You know? So we spent a whole season watching our team implode, and you know you just you were we were willing this guy to do well, and at the start when he wasn't doing well, we were getting uptight and upset and a bit kind of. I wouldn't say the criticism was over the top. It 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 was fair. It was balanced. It was judged. You know. So I um I don't take anything back that people might think was was critical of the manager per se, but. I am now watching a manager who seems to be happy and content with his lot. Moving into January, where he'll, he'll hopefully get more players, and he has he's now shown us right. This is my team now. His stamp is all over this team, you know. And a bigger stamp will come in January when he brings in more players. He's now saying, "Judge me now," or you know that that, and that's fair enough. And he's getting results. And in October, we watched them go to three places and get different results away from home. Aberdeen, for part, and, you know, uh, Road, right? Grounded out at Patoji, first part, there was an element of control without being ultra stylish. Went to Easter Road and blew heads away. Only black in October being Livingston fine with adversity on that. These things happen. You get games where you don't score goals. But the standard of football that we're playing
3: is on an upward trajectory, isn't it? It is. But you know, when you said that, Tony, uh, I had a look at the, the fixtures, and um, because sometimes, I, you know, I don't look as far ahead as the, the next four. Um, you know, this season anyway. And when we're looking at the obviously the next one coming up is our game against St Johnston in the League Cup, followed by Leverkusen away, Celtic at, uh, against Aberdeen at home, followed by Hearts at home. Do you think we could win the four of those?
4: Why not? That's the question I'd say, and that's the question the manager will ask of the players: Why not go to Leverkusen and go and win, or get some positive result to take you into that last game shootout with Betis? And you'd fancy them against Betis at home, wouldn't you? And a shootout to get into Europa League. I've said before now: you, you know, we've guaranteed European football after Christmas. Go and make it the Europa League. Have a rip at it. We've we've taken the lead in eleven of the last away games in Europe, let's go and take the lead and hold on to it in Germany. You know, let's let's go and have a go. And do you know what, Paul, the Celtic supporters will accept that. See so if they go and have a go and they go down fighting, so be it. But you know, don't have any regrets at these last two games in the Europa League. So you know we could have been in, you know, I think Celtic supporters want Europa League
3: football. Conference is fine, but nah we're you win the, the next four, Tony. You win the next four. Nine. And it's there. It's in the palm of your yeah, hand.
4: Yeah, of course. So, and at this moment in time, with the manager and the
3: players that we have at our disposal now, you, you, there is a real trust in them to do that now, isn't it? I know Listen, and I wouldn't bet against it, Tony, and I'm not getting carried away, but I wouldn't bet against it. I wouldn't bet against it either, neither would any Celtic supporter, because there's reasons for optimism. As I said,
4: there are reasons to be cheerful. One, two, three, four. You know what I mean? you why why can't they go to Germany and win? Someone tell me why they can't. And we know by Leverkusen, I've got better players and they're a better team. And they gave us a wee tanking at home. Fine, right. But there was moments in that game where Celtic could have put them under put them under pressure, and we're up against an inspired goalkeeper. I'd love to see what happened. Celtic scored at any moment in that thing. But now I, this is the the best Celtic team that I trust scoring away from home since Martin O'Neill's team. Marlon team
3: team scored repeatedly away from home in Europe. I'm going win to say things. to you, I'm going win to say things. to you, Tony, and you know I'm not a betting man, but I think that the three games we play at home over the next uh, set of fixtures, the next four set of uh, fixtures, I think we'll win all three. And I actually think we'll get a draw uh, in Germany. And you know what? If we come out of the four fixtures and that's the outcome, I'm happy with it.
4: Yeah, and every Chelsea supporter will be happy with that, Paul.
3: No, but uh, I, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist.
4: We can win all all four, can't we? I think they're, they're doable games. Even Leverkusen, they they don't frighten me. Leverkusen, they just don't. I know they're a good side and fine, but we've gone we've gone to better teams and you know and done it. So we there is no reason to write Celtic off. Not not now because I think they're bits between the teeth now with Celtic. You know, and I can't underemphasize looking at the strap line. What they've achieved under
3: Postecoglou so far. Now let's let's exactly let's well, hear let's hear yeah. from let's hear from Ange, and um, we'll look back five months ago to what he was saying to us when we were in the press conference.
0: What I will say is that I will always, always protect the interests of this football club, always against anybody. Um, so um, I can assure you that um, I won't let anyone uh, take advantage of, of this football club. My interests lie here, so I will protect it with everything I can. Yeah. Um again, there's definitely gonna be a change in the way we work and 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 the way we train and the environment. Um and the people who will be in that environment would be the ones who I think um can drive us in the direction I want to go. So um, Will there be changes? There probably will be changes. That doesn't necessarily mean people will be going. We might be bringing other people in. um, But I'll make those decisions um, over the next few weeks once I get a a good idea of the people that are already in place. There's some good people in in the football club already. Um, You know, the the club had a lot of success uh, for a very long time. Um, You don't want to discard that um, knowledge and experience uh, because of what happened last year. Um, But we're certainly heading off in a new direction. And... um, I'll find people that will help us uh, go in that direction. So I'll I'll make those decisions over the next few weeks. But you can be assured the people that will be working with me um, will be going, will be pulling in the same way that I am in terms of the kind of football we want to play and the kind of football club we want to be. I
3: find that one quite interesting. He's had a look at uh, the staff that are there. There's been very little changed in that regard. Now, had the results not gone our way, in the recent past, Tony, I think that's something that continually gets focused on. The fact that he came to the club without that plethora of staff that were being demanded by the likes of Eddie Howe. Um, he has dealt with the situation and there has been Anton McElhone coming in in a position which may or may not have been identified. I doubt it would have been identified. Certainly, it may have been um, ticked off and, and agreed to by Ante Postecoglou. But he's not came in with huge amounts of staff. He's not brought his own people. And I think that I tweeted about it the other week because I had been as critical about John Kennedy and the backroom team as anybody. And I thought that we needed a clean break. But I also look at the fact that there is is really a heritage and a tradition at Celtic Football Club where the baton has to get passed Mm -hmm. from one generation to the next. And when you come in with a whole new team, you're basically wiping out what is known as the boot room mentality of a football club. He's came in and there hasn't been sweeping changes, Tony. He's come in from the other side of the world and he has worked with who was already there.
4: Well, Do you know why he's done that? He's done that because these guys know this league, pool. you know what I mean? And not saying moving forward, he will not bring in his own men. I think, and from what we were led to believe by those who knew him best, He said that's what he does. He comes in and he does his thing for a year and then starts to influence change in backroom teams and all that. And you might well see that. But I I touched upon it on Friday. And and the reason I touched upon it was when he got that Manager of the Month award, he wasn't pictured himself. He was pictured with everybody, the whole backroom team. Now, guys, clearly a people person, clearly gets it right. He's got it from the off, you know, and he has. Regardless of you know, these are guys as well in the backroom team where uh, they probably thought, is my future uncertain as well? But somehow they're all working as a unit and a the team. They're all signing off the same hymn sheet. And it's down to him, isn't it? He's not threatened them with guys coming in from Australia or Japan. Clearly, he's clearly sat them down and said, you guys know more about Scottish football than I do. I'll learn on the hoof, but I need your input. I need you to tell me everything that you know. I need all this and we need to collectively work together on this to see where we are. And it was an interesting thing he said about October and why he won the manager of the month. He said he challenged the players, he challenged the backroom staff, he challenged the medical staff to have a perfect month. He named checked them all, Paul. You know, he said, let's do this. He said, and, and they rose to that challenge, they passed that challenge and test with flying colours. So the next the next challenge is those four games you speak about. Yeah. Can we go and win the four? Or can they remain unbeaten in those four? Win three draw one? As you as you said, you now have confidence in them to do that. It's coming together bit by bit, isn't it? That you can see the progress that's been made. What have Celtic achieved under Postacoglu? You'd be the first to tell you they've achieved nothing. But they're building this beautiful house. They're on their way to building it. You know, and come the end of the season.
3: You could have forty million to put towards this beautiful house. Correct. I mean, so uh, that is the big. That you know the mm-hmm. thing is, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we, you mm-hmm. know, as, as we talk about the progress, uh, we have said, and this is maybe why when things weren't going well, that we were continually insisting on on the program on this broadcast that wasn't good enough, because at the end of the, this season, that is. Uh, yeah, you've got to win your league back. Of course you're doing. As Bill Shankly always used to say, that's the bread and butter. But to go into the, the Champions League groups, and I know there's a tiny, tiny, wee chance of various things were to work against us that it wouldn't happen, but you go straight into the Champions League group stages, and that really is a game changer for so many different reasons. Um, now, if you're looking at Celtic dealing with their own backyard, as uh, the ball has suggested, Then I think that you know, as a football club, it completely stabilizes the losses over the last eighteen months that you know during the 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 lockdown. So let's concentrate on how it affects Celtic first and foremost. And for me, I just think that puts us right back on an even keel, and it more or less gets us back on a, a an even standing, Tony. And also with regards to that, you imagine the the incredible achievement that would be under a manager who's never... I mean, yeah, he had a, a brief spell in the lower divisions in Greece, but he's never managed in European football. He's never managed in the European uh, competitions. Um, and to, for us to qualify, uh, I, w- I mean, beyond Christmas in Europe, unbelievable. Didn't expect that. I've got to say, I didn't expect it, Tony. For us to win the league, unbelievable. But, you know, the Champions League group, I'd love to see um, a, fu- a fully firing on all cylinders the Coglu team, in that competition, I'd love to. I mean, it would there would be some high scoring games. I'm guessing Tony, and I don't just mean goals for, but um, it would it would interest me because I think that yeah, he's he's managed in the World Cup, but in terms of club football, it would be good to see him at that pinnacle. Without a
4: doubt, and I I don't think that Ange uh, didn't rule out European football after Christmas. You know, the Champions League came far too early for of those qualifiers accept that. We lost our by-average Danish side. How many would you take off Mr Man now? Manderley. You know, so it's sliding doors, isn't it? It's timing. You know, he he, he came in and he said that he in he didn't have enough time to get everything. It was, the, the transfer window was chaotic. Can't hear you, Paul. Don't know what's happened there. No, that's fine, mate. Uh, no. You know, he said it was chaotic. And he... He now wants January and every other transfer window to be more methodical. So he's planning ahead. He's thinking ahead. And an Ange team in the Champions League, I'd love to see it. (laughs) I think you're right. Because we wouldn't be underprepared. He wouldn't allow it. He would not take Celtic into the Champions League underprepared. He would be like, I want this, this and this. You know, to, to compete at this level, this is what we need. I know other managers have maybe said it in the past, but I don't think he's the kind of guy that would accept. Being underprepared going into the Champions League, you know, and I think he would come out and say, he
3: would tell you, to be honest, because the mitigating circumstances the next time round are removed. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you can't say you came in late, you're underprepared. It's all on you next time, Ange. Yeah. And I think that that uh, is something that he will take ownership of. I am excited to see the, the likes of Kyogo and hopefully Jota play at that that level and on that stage and in the green and white hoops as well. Tony, this has been uh, an impromptu last-minute uh, Axon weekend bulletin. We have looked back on the last five months under Ange and I think we'll do it again as the season goes on. There are going to be some wee bumps in the road, I'm sure, uh, but loads to look forward to in terms of Ange Postacoglu and Celtic. Um, all that's left for me to say is thanks everybody for getting involved. We are still working on a Twitter stream. Not quite sure why it's not linking up to our host, uh, but we will find a solution to that. Um, And finally, thank you to Tony Haggerty for joining me once again on A Celtic State of Mind. Pleasure, Paul.
2: Sport Social, Social, Social Podcast Network Sports 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 Social Podcast Network
0: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe.